We've come out to we've come out to uh, to pray, so we'll get the platform set. We've uh, actually going to pray tonight. Would that be good with you? Uh, I remember. I don't know what it's like in California, but in Colorado, we had to take driver's ed. Anybody take driver's ed? I, do you still remember your uh, fearless instructors? And how maybe, well, I, I remember our fearless instructor, how we, we instilled fear in him. <laughs> He'll never be the same. Uh, but anyway, uh, you know, there was all of this, this book stuff that we had to do uh, at the first of the, of the year, you know, and looking at all the things in the car. Well, we just couldn't hardly wait to actually get out there. And then you had to wait your turn because there was, you know, a carload of other kids in there and had to wait your turn. There is nothing like actually getting behind the wheel and doing it. You remember when you first started driving? You don't. It's been too long ago. <clears throat> and, uh, and, or how about when you remember when you first, when your kids first started driving and it all came back to you? Oh, this is what I did to my parents. <laughs> and, uh, but anyway, uh, there's, there's a certain amount of joy in learning what to do. And then there's a whole other thing in actually, in actually doing it. I had the same experience happening also with um, uh, nursing. I took a nurse's training course when I was in, in high school at night from a community college. And... and um, and there's all of this book stuff that you do and all of these pictures and diagrams and all that stuff. But to actually work with a human body is completely different. And, uh, yeah, I still remember. Um, uh, and then I took a, a course in, in emergency medical technician. So we had to learn to uh, put IVs in. And I still remember the first time I poked through human flesh on purpose. <laughs> And then poke through the flesh, poke through the vein, and make it go, you know. And the feeling of, you know, that, that interesting feeling. Just go there with me, you know. There's a time to step out of the book and step into actual doing. And there is a thrill of working with God that you never get with just the hearing of it. It only happens with the doing of it. And so you just take the plunge, and the Holy Spirit is, um, he, he directs corporately. And so when we're in a corporate meeting, he directs corporately so that we can all move in company together. But uh, he, while he's directing corporately like this, he's also instructing and mentoring personally. So he's up here directing corporately like the conductor but he's also sitting, not just with you, he's also sitting in you and instructing you personally. It's so cool how it happens. God, because God is God, can do that. He can be in all places at once. So the Holy Spirit, I'm just saying tonight, before we get started, the Holy Spirit is the best guide. He is the best instructor. He is the best inspiration. He is the only power for real prayer. Amen. So 
uh, the more that we lean on him, the more we, uh, the more we respond to him, the better it gets. You, no matter how many years of prayer that you pray, you never lean to your experience. It can help, but it only helps if it just helps. If it takes over and directs your prayer life, then uh, your past directs your future, and you don't want that. And you're leaning to your own understanding, and the Holy Spirit takes back seat. Let's allow the Holy Spirit every single time as we abandon ourselves to the Holy Spirit like we've never done it before. We need Him with everything that's within us to help us to pray tonight. And we need Him to help us to pray in these interesting days that we're in. <clears throat> that we're never in the position of directing Him. I think it's so interesting. We won't take time to go there, but in, in, uh, in um, Isaiah... And it, uh, he was saying, who can instruct the Lord and give him counsel? And then Paul repeated that then in 1 Corinthians. Who can, who can instruct him and tell him what to do? Well, it's an interesting thing that when we have a need in prayer based upon the promises of God, we can ask what we will. Jesus said, hitherto you've asked me nothing, ask. And it will be done for you so that your joy would be made full. We have to watch out that we uh, take and twist something a little bit further than what Jesus was meaning for us to go. Uh, God is not a genie. He's never been, never going to be. We don't learn to do uh, the secret rub on the jar thing so that we can get all of our wishes and wants. He does, he has given us exceeding great and precious promises. And he has blessed us with everything that pertains not only to godliness, but the Bible says also life. He never impoverishes people who work with him. His sons are joint heirs with his son, his first son, Jesus. The riches of heaven are ours Every spiritual blessing belongs to us, but it is not for us to feed and just to uh, hoard and to just become greedy with the blessings. Like, God, give it to me. Over here, you said you'd do this, and now, you know, and just hoarding the blessings. As sons of God, God intends for us to do the highest um, privilege and that's not just living healthy, wealthy, and wise. It's actually working with him in the kingdom Amen. and representing him in the kingdom. All right. So, uh, so when, we're, when we're learning to pray, um, there is a, a working and, and asking and, and putting in requests. However, what is the most delightful thing is to discover that God has requests. God has things that he wants to have accomplished. And once he can ever locate a human being that is interested in his kingdom first, everything's added to that person. And you find your, yourself less and less time uh, trying to add to yourself. You seek the kingdom first in all these things Jesus said would be added unto you. Yeah. 
Isn't that a wonderful thing? And that means it doesn't matter what the economy is, what the country is that you're living in, what season of life it is that you're in. If you're seeking first the kingdom, he's going to make sure you're funded. Let's just thank him for that. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you for the privilege of being one of your children, one of your sons. Hallelujah. Teach us how to cooperate and work with the Holy Spirit as Jesus did. We keep an eye on Jesus. He showed us. He patterned for us. And the same Holy Spirit that anointed him now lives in us and anoints us so that we can work and walk with God just like Jesus did. Isn't that amazing? That is not too fantastic. That is not beyond reality. That is absolutely real. Praise the Lord. So we're going to look into. I was so glad we sang the songs that we sing. Uh, we sang tonight. Uh, um, it inspired me. I got very inspired. So if we'll go in our Bible uh, to, if you'll go in your Bible to Isaiah, we sang this, so you'll recognize it when we, when we get there, Isaiah 41. Isaiah 41, praise the Lord. You know, um... This, this morning, before, uh, uh, Lily and I were up quite early. She and her husband now live in um, South Carolina, and so it's, it's later there. So we were up early, <coughs> and I don't know what time it is in Australia, so, but it's not this time. I guarantee you it's some other time. It's tomorrow. It's tomorrow. <laughs> but anyway, um, yes, yeah, so I was just praying about the church, and... Um, praying about this church. Uh, Paul said this to the church in Corinth. He said that he places you in me in this glorious body as it pleases him. And he places you in companies of people as it pleases him. What's, what's so lovely is that it's pleasing to us too. But even if we run into a little pickle where maybe our feelings get hurt or something or, you know, whatever, silly, something silly, we're never placed in the body as it pleases us. We just be where we want to be. He actually puts us where he wants us. And we're in a part of a functioning part of the body. We are actually function as, as um, systems and organs in the body of Christ. You're a part, not just of a, a community church. This church is a part of the body and it functions uh, as a part of the body. This church is in network and in company with other churches that are in, uh, and we work together. And there's different things and different specialties that different parts of the body Fulfill and provide for the body of Christ. All parts of the body are necessary. There are no unnecessary parts of the body. It's interesting. I've, I've been uh, reading on, on uh, and going over the authority of the believer. 
and uh, <clears throat> and just looking at some things because of some direction that I've I've felt to go in prayer just in my personal life, and it bumped me back into the authority of the believer in a fresh way. Well, it's an interesting thing. We can take uh, authority by saying, "I take authority." We also exude. His, I think this is the right word. We exude authority by the presence of God that is in us. So, for instance, everything of the nature of God, everything of his goodness, is it counteracts something of the devil. For instance, love is stronger than, it's stronger than hate. Light is stronger than darkness. Gentleness is stronger than brashness. Um, uh, perfect love casts out fear. So we can take authority over those things. Yes, we can take authority over those things. At the same time, in a different way, you can on purpose act in love as opposed to acting in strife, and it will, um, it will dis, disassemble a strategy of the devil for strife. If you will act in love, it will come against strife. Sometimes you're impressed to say, I take authority over strife. But sometimes you just act in love when you could have acted back in strife. And when you do, it works against strife. Do you see what I mean? When, if there's greediness and you respond to the generosity of God, you've got this workshop going on, or I mean these uh, small groups on Wednesday nights. Excellent. Sounds really good. I'd go if I were here. But if you, if you respond in generosity, as opposed to hoarding, what it does, it keeps that work of the devil driven back. So it isn't just saying, I take authority. It's actually acting in the presence of God, living the presence of God. Uh, you know, with do we have any policemen here or people? Uh, oh, good. <laughs> But, and you're going to have, it, it, just tell me I'm saying the truth. <laughs> but I think this is so. I don't know it's so from anybody telling me. I just know from being a civilian. They don't have to stop you to slow you down. <laughs> Isn't it true? Their presence. I'm going to say that again. Their presence. And so sometimes just having, um, just having a law enforcement present does something. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Having a, a child of God just go be in the right place can do something if you act like a child of God instead of, you know, something else. <laughs> so a lot of times that's why God puts sons of God in dark places. <laughs> we like to congregate in church. But a lot of times he'll put a son of God in a, in a strifeful office thing. And, they, and, and this child of God is saying, oh, get me out of here. I want to be where the glory is. I want to. He said, I want you where there's a mess. 
There needs to be some law enforcement there. Some kingdom enforcement there. He wants you there to command everybody and take authority over it. No, he doesn't. <laughs> that won't work. But what he does want you to do, he does want you to do is to represent him and be his mobile house and carry him to the office and let love come out, gentleness and kindness. I'm talking about the authority of the believer. Now, I, I'm going to say something really interesting because we're talking about parts of the body. I wasn't even going to say any of this, but anyway, we just are because this is Sunday night crowd. Yeah, they love it. <clears throat> so there are parts of the body that have not, they don't have uh, and they don't operate within revelation like Pentecostal power. Fire, fire, fire. You know, they don't, they, they don't know that. But what they have is a revelation. They do have a revelation of the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. And, and so there is a revelation of that. And they do that. There is a certain presence and a certain authority that is exuded is that the right word? Is exuded just by their presence. They may not even speak in tongues. Listen to this. They may even say tongues is of the devil. Because that's the way they believe. But what they do believe is that Jesus is Lord. He is their Lord. And that he is very God. And they are under his lordship. And that he has these great fruit where if they will yield to him, there will be love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness. And they, they excel in the fruit of the Spirit. They don't believe in the gifts of the Spirit, but they believe in the fruit of the Spirit. Guess what, guys? Every part of the body is necessary. Isn't that something? But then there are parts of the body that do have a revelation of, of more of the, not just the word side, but also the spirit side. And God puts people in the body as it pleases him. So that means that you and I can act like the devil, but just take, just speak in tongues. No, it doesn't mean that. No, it doesn't even mean that. It means we need to walk in the fruit of the spirit as well. But we also, if there is revelation uh, concerning who we are in Christ and the authority that's been given to us through the name of Jesus, we can exercise and God will have us exercise not only the, the authority of his presence in our presence, and there is an authority of his presence in your presence. It should make a difference when you come in any door. I'm telling you, it just should. It just commands. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The greatest thing about your presence should be his. You just come in and somebody said somebody came in. It seems like it's you, but it's greater than you. And it is greater than you. It's him. Amen. So, but there are times when the Holy Spirit will have us uh, also... Um, be in a place 
or be at least in a place in the spirit where he can direct our attention to other places where we can take authority or we can pray the prayers he wants us to pray. And we're enabled to do that because of the ability to pray beyond our brain. Isn't that amazing? And we are able to pray with the help of the Holy Spirit. He, uh, he'll utilize us that way. Now, let me just say this. When you come in company, you, uh, you're able to identify who is in the body as it pleases him. And you're in that body with them. It becomes pleasing with you to you and your connection with those people while it's a nice friendship perhaps with you or you know you appreciate people listen it is not just a gift to you your friends the connections that he gives you are for his purposes guard them don't let anything lie to you about your friends in the Lord Take it on like a fight. The devil doesn't doesn't like um, he doesn't like things of unity. He doesn't like he doesn't like uh, situations where people believe the same and uh, are connected with one another. And he'll try to break that apart because if if two of us agree on earth as touching anything that we ask, it will be done. So connections are very important. I just wanted to say. You know, these like these 40-year connections. It's kind of fun that when we think, 40 years, good gravy. How are we even that old? But, but for the, the times that you and I are going to be navigating through, God utilizes the strength of relationship. He will. It is important that we don't forsake the assembling of ourselves together. It is important that when God calls an assembly together, uh, we, we, that we come together and our relationships are renewed. And we remember that we love one another. And we strengthen and water that relationship. And we believe in one another. And we strengthen one another. And we encourage each other. And we love each other. Why? Because that relationship is a handle for God. He'll use... What you and somebody else believe the same, if there's something that he needs you to agree on, he'll pull on your relationship, and he's got agreement right there. And it can happen not just across the aisle or in the seat right beside or across the table. It can happen across the world. I guarantee you, since that time that we prayed in here, we prayed, I still remember praying with this church. I have been conscious because uh, 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 there's this prayer group. We started praying ever since uh, Tony and I uh, and the girls moved to Australia. Uh, probably just a couple, two or three months later, we started praying. And we pray every week. And, uh, and so, uh, um, but while we pray, often, and sometimes when I'm praying even by myself, often a group of people will come up in my mind. Why? Because I'm not the only one in front of the throne. I'm with somebody else there. Jesus said, if two of you agree on earth, I guarantee you at different times, you and I have been praying on the same matter in the throne of God. 
Stuff is happening. Kingdom of, dev- of, of darkness is happening. But the kingdom of God is happening. And we acknowledge what is happening and it strengthens it. And, and our, our knowledge of it, our acknowledging, our acknowledging of it causes us to function in it more proficiently. How many of you want to be able to function proficiently in the kingdom of God? Brother Hagen prophesied not just once. Uh, he would, uh, this would be something that would come up in prayer or in, in, um, in prophecy. That there would be people that would know how to flow in the spirit. Like, like a fish swims in water and how a bird flies in the air. Just so naturally supernatural. Easy. How many of you like that? Well, being sons of God, this is our realm. Uh, what, what the enemy would like us to do is, is to stay out of the realm of the spirit where we are the most proficient. And get us trapped in our head where we get bound in opinions and get bound in this is the way I think it should be. And especially like things with politics or, or things of economy and things of, you know, things that people are real opinionated on. That's not where we're the strongest in prayer. We're the strongest. You can have opinion. It's great to have your own opinion in all of those important areas. Opinion is, is, is fine, lined up with the word of God. But where it comes to prayer, you leave that on the shelf. Because we don't pray by our opinion. We pray by the will of the Holy Ghost. And you surrender your will to the Holy Spirit. And your prayer is only as strong as your submission to the Holy Spirit. So it's, a, it's this wonderful, amazing tension and balance that only in your weakness are you really strong. Because it is not your strength, it is, it is his strength. And so you're having to yield constantly, yield yourself, yield your will to the will of the Holy Spirit. And that's where you exercise your will. I will to, to, uh, to follow your will in prayer. I've got my own opinions about this, Lord. But I will. Just like Jesus said, not my will. Your will be done. Hallelujah. Okay, so now let's start on this sermon. I'm kidding. <laughs> I wasn't going to say any of that. But uh, praise the name of the Lord. Where was we, we, Didn't we go to the Bible someplace? Isaiah 41. So verse 3. Or Isaiah 40. Excuse me. The voice of one crying in the wilderness. Prepare the way of the Lord. Remember we sang that tonight? I love the song. Prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted. Every mountain and hill brought low. Crooked places shall be made straight. The rough places smooth. The glory of the Lord shall be revealed. And all flesh shall see it. For the mouth of the Lord said it. Amen. What's amazing 
It doesn't just happen uh, just because he said it, only it happens because he said it and he activates people to do all of this. The straightening of crooked things, the making smooth, rough places, and, and then the glory of the Lord. We get to work. An amazing sovereign God has chosen to work with humans. And why, why he did that is just really quite amazing. Amazing. And beautiful, really. And so if, if uh, one of the greatest ways to praise him is by actually working with him. Now, if you'll look here, if you'll go in your Bible then to Malachi... Because uh, this is our prayer assignment. I just want to get to our prayer assignment. Always in these prayer assignments, when we get to, to praying, you're going to be, from this night on, you will be sensitized to this area. You'll be very aware of this area. You'll notice things about it uh, in your daily life. You'll hear it when you come to church. Uh, it, even though it may have been being said before, now you will be more aware of it. You'll be sensitive to it. And you'll be able to work with God even in a greater way. Malachi, last book of the Old Testament, the last chapter of the Old Testament, has a prophecy about John the Baptist. Verse 5, it says, Behold, I send you Elijah the prophet. And uh, it doesn't say John the Baptist, it says Elijah the prophet. But without going into detail, uh, he, John the Baptist came, the Bible said, in the spirit and the power of Elijah. And we've got some material about that. But anyway, because we won't take, be able to go into detail about that. But notice it says, before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. Now that is uh, a judgment day, all right? talking about that he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to the fathers lest I come and strike the earth with a curse now it's interesting that then in the first chapter of Luke this very same prophecy is picked up so there were about 400 silent years between Malachi and when things started cracking again before Jesus came and uh, it's about 400 silent years and when the Holy Spirit then starts um, speaking it's interesting that he picks up exactly where he left off and it's right here in Malachi and the pronouncing or in the announcement of John the Baptist in the purpose of his life and the purpose of his birth this just jumped down to verse 16 his dad is prophesying, John the Baptist's dad is prophesying by the Holy Ghost about this son that should, is a miracle boy. He says a few things, and then in verse 16 he picks up, he said, He will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. Now that, he really means that. The, the children of Israel would be turned to the Lord their God. I believe it can have a wider reference to the children of God that have been wayward. Have you been ever impressed to pray for believers that have gotten lost somewhere? Oh, yeah. Have you felt that? Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, a lot. It comes up a lot. And you just, you don't, um, 
uh, you, you don't just leave these ones that have gotten lost someplace. Your, your heart keeps thinking of them. What, what is that and why is that? That's really, um, you're, you're praying in participation with this um, uh, Elijah project in preparing the way of the Lord because there are some people that are out of sorts today but that will get right back in and pick up and what the devil meant to destroy them and the work that they were supposed to come through is going to happen. Let's just take about five seconds and thank God it is going to happen. Family, friends, people that you know. Ha, 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 devil. You're not having them. You're not having one of them. You're not having the call of God on their life. Not. Amen. Okay. And think about it. I just want you to think about it. Think about how backslid Lot was. Backslid, and um, and because of the relationship that his uncle Abraham had, um, God went to all kind of measures to get him out of Sodom and Gomorrah. He sent two angels in. He talked to them, but even after they would, those the family wouldn't get going. Even after angels came and talked to them, they were going, "Oh, we like it. We like it here." He finally took the two angels, took them by the hand and flat drug them out. Let's not put it past the angels of God to help the people that we have, have been praying for. Amen. They're sent to be ministers of those that are heirs of salvation. And uh, there's some dreadful things that I believe angels of God are protecting our friends and family and other ones from. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let's just thank him again. Because it's happening even as we're, we're expecting it. Amen. Our belief in it activates the, the, uh, the, the, um, the ministry of these angels. Praise the name of the Lord. So let's keep going. Turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, disobedient to the wisdom of the just. And to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. So this is the ministry uh, that we were singing about tonight. That makes crooked places straight, rough places smooth. Um, it, makes, it makes high things come down and low things come up. It's a, a tremendous ministry. And it is, it requires great power to do all that road work. Uh, Way beyond just pick and shovel. It is power equipment. And a lot of that power equipment is exercised uh, according to Matthew or Mark 11, 23. Uh, And you speak to, you use your mouth. So God uses people then in the body who will be all right with the doctrine in the Bible about using the mouth. This is your greatest tool, and the devil will want to cork your mouth. Have you ever found yourself in, uh, you know, hardly able to speak? Don't just think that's natural. God knows And the devil knows better than most believers. If you'll start talking, things start moving. 
So sometimes it, it just getting this thing to uh, not talk, not agree with the devil. And, and it's, it's bad to agree with the devil. But listen, nothing happens even if you just stay quiet. You're going to have to open the mouth. Turn the ignition on and get this thing happening. And it's what makes low things come up and high things come down. It straightens up crooked things. And um, tomorrow night we're going to talk about um, uh, justice and, um, and judgment and how, and how that works with law enforcement and different things like that. Because there's a whole work of God in prayer that is companion to this ministry. And I, I say it according to the word of God. It is a ministry. Law enforcement and the judicial system is a ministry. I'm, they don't even have to be saved. It is a ministry of God. And so the body of Christ can come along in the spirit and assist that. We're not going to go there tonight. But what we do want to look at is, is this. If you'll look in um, Matthew 21, just want to say enough for us to get to pray in here. Matthew 21 and verse 13. He said to them, it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. One thing that helps us in praying about anything, we're going to pray about a specific thing tonight, but this, this applies about any project in prayer that we have. Uh, we are gathered in this church. It facilitates us as the church. We are the temple. The, the people that are in here are the temple of the living God. Jesus said in Matthew 21 here, he said that his temple is a house of prayer. So when we come together, it is for, you know, we receive his word and it builds us up. But it is also building us up for the purpose of conducting kingdom business as a company of believers prayer is just essential to the church great things happen even when people are are half engaged think of what could happen if we are fully engaged well we get a pull, we get a we get a, a a bit of an idea in acts when they prayed the place was shaken where they were sitting when we're praying in all in one accord. If we're just praying in half accord, we're getting sparks at least. Praise the Lord for sparks. <laughs> but if we could uh, not short out a lot, it would just be quite amazing what we could do. So when we come together, uh, we are the house of prayer. But I just want to also um, remind you, this isn't news to you, but your body is a temple of the living God, the Holy Spirit. Jesus has identified your physical body as a house of prayer. Now, you may do all different kind of things with your body, the skills for your job and whatever, talents, whatever, um, and sports or, or, or hobbies, whatever uh, you, you um you do with your body, but the one who created our bodies, God, 
by design made our bodies a house of prayer. By design, the Creator made our bodies a house of prayer. So that means there is, there are no people in a church within the body of Christ that are not a prayer according to God. We never just turn our prayer over to somebody else. Would you pray for me? You can pray with me. But your body is a house of prayer. Lay hands on yourself in any which way and say, my body is a house of prayer. It's a mobile house. You can stop now. It's a mobile house. And so God who made your senses utilizes your senses. Now I know this morning we were saying you don't rely on your senses. And when your senses contradict the word of God, you go with the word instead of your senses. But where it comes to your body facilitating prayer, God will use your body. He has your eyes see things that will activate your heart. Just like when Jesus saw the multitude, his heart was moved with compassion. He'll have you see things with your eyes. He has you hear things that you you think, how did I even hear that? How did I even come to hear that? He'll have your feet take you in places. At, a, at certain times to walk by people. He never means for you to be self-absorbed and into yourself. He means for us to live like Jesus did. And wherever we are, God is walking. He's looking through our eyes and he's seeing people that he wants us to notice. He is, he's hearing through our ears. Now, the more you believe that, it will activate such supernatural happenings in your life that you will be. It has already been happening, maybe unbeknownst to you. But the more that you cooperate with it, the more proficient the Holy Spirit is able to work with you. He literally will make sure you're in the right place at the right time to see things you need to see so you can say something about what you see. So you can bring his presence in a place where it needs to be. You can bring something. You can calm something down. You can, you'll drive by, uh, you'll go by a street and you'll sense to pray in an area. I remember in the prayer and healing center uh, uh, when we were there, you know, years ago. And we had started, um, uh, what was it? Yeah, people would call in, and they'd, they still do, and receive, you know, we'd receive heaps and heaps of calls a day from different places in the States, and, um, and some even around the world. Well, we started logging those things. Uh, right away, we, we felt like we should start logging those calls, and of where they were calling from and what they were calling about. It was so interesting. You could see, you could see different waves of uh, demonic influence over different parts of the country with what kinds of crimes were happening or what kinds of sicknesses were happening or different things. Sometimes there would be, you know, just a wave 
a, a, a wave of uh, particular kinds of sicknesses. Sometimes there would be a wave of, of kids gone missing or, you know, uh, kids call, people calling in for this, that, and the other. Well, we started noticing those trends. And because uh, our bodies are a temple of the living God, we could see those trends on there. And uh, glory be to the Lord. And you can exercise your authority in that area. You can direct the word of God to that area. And not just go, isn't that something? Isn't that something how that is? Yeah, it's something. And we're, we're here to do something about it. Amen. Isn't that good? What is neat about us is that I'm talking about us as children of God. Not only is our body a temple of the living God and a house of prayer, but we also have spiritual eyes. We can see things. And I'm, this is not, this is not weird. We can see things. If everybody in here were to close your eye, eyes, um, and just, uh, well, do it just now. Close your eyes. Now, look, uh, look at your kitchen. Now, from your kitchen, go down the hall and go into your bedroom. And now go out and get in your car and start driving to church. I made us come to church. <laughs> okay, stop, stop imagining. Now, you can, you can imagine things that have happened when you were a little kid. And go there. You can go there. You can go there. You can, you can see it. Things that happened just yesterday. What's amazing about our inside eyes, our imagination, you can even see things that haven't happened. And what the Holy Spirit wants to do is he wants to be the one to direct that ability that God has given us. He shows us things to come. He shows us things to come. We can't see those with this eye, but you can see it in here. Don't ignore that. Oh, that's just me. It could be. But what if it's him? Well, what do I do with that? You don't have to do anything with it except to just acknowledge it. Sometimes prayer is so natural that we think that couldn't be it. Why not? Your body belongs to you. You utilize the facilities and the functions of your body and don't even think a thing in the world about it unless it doesn't work. Spiritually speaking, the way that God made us, it is the most natural thing for us to follow God in prayer. And you don't have to, you don't have to try to make something. You don't have to make anything up. You don't have to make anything up. But if something comes, don't pretend like it doesn't. Acknowledge it. Sometimes you can just ask the Lord, this just came to me. I don't know about it, if this is you or whatever, but I'm just acknowledging it. I, I'm just praying about this location, Lord. I'm just, I, for some reason, I just keep praying about it. You know, you could be praying about a location where maybe bombs are being set. Don't discount any of that kind of stuff. You work together with the Holy Ghost 
and he is able to uh, accomplish his will. Yeah. Now, this is our assignment tonight. And uh, we're going to pick up on something that was prophesied in Malachi and picked up in Luke, the first chapter. That's really important to God. Acts, the third chapter, I'll just, uh, without, we won't turn there, but Acts, the third chapter in verse 21 says that the heavens will retain Jesus, will keep retaining him or receiving him until everything is re restored as it has been prophesied to be restored. Well, one of the things that is prophesied to be restored is the hearts of the fathers to children and the hearts of the children to fathers. There is nothing that, um, there is nothing that flies in the face of the devil quite like the fatherhood of God. God can create, God is a father. And the devil has gone after that particular role, I believe, more than any other role that a human being can fill. Of all the creatures that God has created, of all the creatures, there is only one that shares a name of God. Only one. And that's a father. So, the devil, in fighting God, there is nothing, no target so big. When he hits it, he hits the very person, the character, the very nature of the Father God. In striking that target, he can confuse a whole family a whole generation, nearly, about God. By twisting that role, he has effectively twisted people's perception of the Father God. I don't believe it is an accident at all. Of course it's not. It's prophesied by the Holy Spirit. That before Jesus comes again, the hearts of the fathers will be turned to the children and the hearts of the children to the fathers. And it doesn't say first the hearts of the children to the fathers. It says the hearts of the fathers to the children. This role of fatherhood is very precious to God. He shared his name with this role. I'm all about, I'm all, about all the roles. I'm all about all the roles that women make and fulfill. Motherhood, I think it's beautiful. But this one, fatherhood, is the most magnificent of any role that any creature on this earth can fill. It holds the most influencing impact. Amazing. So, we're going to pray about families. Ha, ha, hallelujah. Amen. We do not look to the Simpsons to see the example of a family. 
We don't suck on sitcoms to see the honor of fatherhood. If we want to see what God wants absolutely put into certainly his church is what in the world he was thinking of when he thought of fathers. The fractures of the fracture of impact on this one role brings all kinds of questions of identity, even gender identity. It brings all kinds of questions with the impact on this one role. So tonight, uh, we're going to pray, and I'd like us just to start with singing about the, about um, whatever, you seem to get the right song, I won't tell you what to sing. <laughs> That's your ministry, praise the Lord. Uh, okay, are you guys into this? Yeah. God, now listen guys, this is what he wants. This is what, this is what he wants. There's some things on a list of some things that I want. This is what he wants. And if we're going to hasten the coming of the Lord, if we're going to prepare a way for the coming of the Lord, this will be one of the crooked things that has got to be straight. It'll be one of the low things that has got to come up. High and exalted wrong thinking to come down. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So, Father, we wait upon you. We magnify your name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus.